The reading from the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the first verse. When Jesus saw the crowds, He went up to the mountain, and after He sat down, His disciples came to Him. Then He began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God sees us. God knows us. We are all, each one of us, known to a deeper level than we could ever understand. Below our conscious mind and even to the deepest furrows of our souls. God knows us. We are known by God. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Dear ones, before we ever existed, God knew us and knew us by name. And so it seems reasonable that if God knows us to such a great degree, then surely God knows our struggles. And surely God knows our struggles with loss, the loss of loved ones, the loss of identity, loss of hope, loss of purpose, loss of employment, loss of health, loss of faith, even loss of our minds, of our abilities to think and reason and care for ourselves. God knows every loss more intimately than we could ever imagine. Loss that deserves notice and demands comfort comes from many places, not just death. But the Beatitudes presuppose, they assume, they suggest, it absolutely must be for Jesus to have said the things Jesus said. It must be that there is a God who intends to make all wrong things right. To set us free from mourning and return us to dancing. We began this service remembering those that we've lost since last All Saints Day. We lit candles for them as a reminder that God's grace and mercy have seen them into the nearer light and presence of Christ, where they wait for that glorious day of the Lord when all who mourn will be comforted and every tear will be wiped from our eyes. Every sadness and every sorrow will be made right. 
They wait with all the saints, with all those people who have called themselves disciples of Christ. All of them who've gone before us, before them, for centuries and centuries and centuries. They worship with the church triumphant at the throne of Christ in the presence of the risen Christ, the light of the world. And so we light candles to remind us that they are in the presence of true light. But the loss of death is not the only kind of loss, grief, or struggle that causes us to mourn that might require comfort. This morning, John has told us that right now, right here and now, we are God's children. But ultimately, what we will be is not yet known to us because we are being perfected and made more like Christ every day as we follow Him and serve Him. Through the power of God's Spirit, we are being changed to look more and more like Christ and to love like Christ loved. Here and now, we are God's children. But what we will be is not yet fully revealed. But we are becoming more and more like God, which means that more and more we will struggle against the fallenness, the brokenness, the sin, and the death that corrupt this world. More and more it will grieve our hearts. The more we become like Christ, the more the injustices and poverties of this world will grieve us and cause us to mourn. And our Lord knew that. He knew that we would struggle with the things that are wrong in the world. That the more we knew God, the more we would hurt for others. The more we would hurt for those who seem cast aside and beat down. And the more we would need to be comforted. Because we begin to see the world in the pitiful state that God sees it in. And it causes us sadness. And so our Lord said to us, Blessed are you who mourn, because you will be comforted. It's a promise. It's a promise. Any loss, any loss causes grief. We mourn over many kinds of struggle. Sometimes we even struggle to keep faith in light of all the hurt that's in the world. But even that struggle will be made right. Even that mourning will be comforted. Jesus says to us, you may be sad today because of what you see around you, but rejoice because you will be comforted. I'm going to tell you a story I heard for the first time this week, and it's timely because it talks about struggle. It seems there was a woman who had a sudden urge to go to the mountains for a hike, and so she did. And as she walked along the trail, there came to a curve in the trail that went around a really large boulder. And when she got to the face of that border, that boulder, she didn't feel like she could walk around it. She felt drawn to it, unable to pass by it. And so she stood and she looked at it. She walked up to it and she put her hands against it and she heard push. And she felt compelled deep in her spirit to push against that boulder with all of her strength. And so she pushed as mightily as she could, as hard as she could. She pushed and she pushed and she pushed. Stopping only to sleep, only to eat. She pushed for two months as hard as she could with everything she had. She pushed that boulder. And then one day in desperation, she screamed, 
God, why won't it move? I thought you wanted me to move this boulder. And in her heart, she heard these words. I called you to push, not to move. Look at yourself. Look at how strong you have become. Look at how much you have changed. Dear ones, we have been called to push a boulder. To live differently in this world. To live as those who know that the kingdom of God is present. To know the difference that knowing Jesus makes. We've been called to push a boulder. To push the boulder of sin and death, of hurt and injustice and oppression. And whatever forms they present themselves, we've been called to stand against them and push and push and push and push. And no doubt, most of the time, it looks like that rock ain't moving. But the more we push, the more we change. The more we become like Christ, the more we will be comforted. We may find ourselves overwhelmed by this world, by its lusts and its greeds, by the death that seems to destroy it. But Jesus says to us to take heart. I've overcome the world. You're just here to push. You're not here to overcome. Just push and keep pushing. And push on in faith. And don't give up. But it will cause us to mourn. Because sometimes it will look like we're just not getting anything done. Sometimes it will look like the rock refuses to move. But we've only been called to push. And as we push and struggle, we will find times of comfort. As we push against the hurts of this world. As we push against those who tell others that it's not okay to be meek and dependent upon God. That it's not okay to be peacemakers. That we should be aggressive and make war. As we push against them, we will be strengthened and comforted. And we will know what joy is serving Christ Serving Christ in a lost world is joy. Jesus said, blessed are you. You mourn, you will be comforted. Blessed are you, you're meek. You depend on God. Yours is the kingdom. Blessed are you who are peacemakers. The kingdom of God is your inheritance. Be happy and rejoice and keep pushing. Don't give up. Don't give up. As we push and struggle, we will find times when the death that's all around us, when the hurts that are all around us, cause us to mourn the condition of this world so deeply that we will feel like giving up. We may even lose faith. But Jesus says to us that we are blessed to experience it. We are fortunate. We are happy for our experience because we have the promise that we will be comforted. We can take those words to heart because we watched others struggle in this place. We have watched others like George Marshall Pearson, Ray Becknell, Grady Jones, Joe Nichols, Dot Jackson, and Marion Prohl. We have watched them push back against the hurts of this world and stand for Christ. We've seen it. We've seen what it looks like to engage the boulder and not give up. 
and press on and push on in faith, knowing that our God will comfort us and strengthen us and change us to be more like Christ so that we can push all the more. Our God sees us. Our God knows our struggles. Our God knows that we mourn our hurts, that we mourn the weakness in our hearts, that we mourn those around us who have passed. Our God knows our struggles. God knows our griefs, even when we lose faith and want to give up. Because of our allegiance to God in a lost world, we will mourn and we will struggle. But dear ones, the promise we had this morning is we will also be comforted. The risen Christ says to us, Blessed are you who mourn, for you will be comforted. And we are blessed for that. To be part of the struggle. To have our hands against the oppression of sin and death to push with all our might and in the strength of our God. So dear ones, let us push on in faith. Let us resolve to keep on struggling against the weight of the world's disappointments, believing our Lord's promise that we will not be abandoned in the midst of it, but we will be comforted and we will find renewed strength to push on and press on and walk in faith in a dark and hurting world. So we can come today with joy to this table of grace knowing that here we can find comfort and strength to press on and to push on, to live on, to love on, and to follow Christ wherever Christ leads us. To be His people. People who are comforted. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.